Organic farming is steadily increasing. That's good. Pour parler d'agriculture et d'Europe à la jeunesse. Der Klimawandel erfasst immer weitere Teile der Welt. Farmers help us bring nature back and preserve biodiversity. Ceux qui sont dans le rouge s'en sortent quand ils font plus vert. La qualité dans ce pays, elle doit être là pour tous. We sowed two hectares of flowers around this canopy to promote biodiversity, but also for landscape integration. And in fact, solar panels have very little visual impact compared to turbines. You can see them when you're very close, but from two kilometers away, you can't see anything at all. It's quite airy. Benoit Bougler, a farmer, is one of the pioneers of agrivoltaics in France. Agrivoltaics is a set of practices that allow photovoltaic energy production and agricultural production to coexist on the same land at the same time. In the current context of fluctuating energy bills, the solutions proposed by the solar power industry are beginning to gain more traction in Europe's agriculture sector. But there's still much that's unclear, and this appears to be cause for hesitation. What impact do solar panels have on yields? Are photovoltaic solutions adapted to all types of culture and breeding? How should we supervise this nascent but promising sector? Let's learn more in this, the 37th episode of Food for Europe. And to shed some light on the subject, Antanas Karbauskas, Policy Coordinator for Economic Sustainability for the Common Agricultural Policy within the European Commission's DG Agri, joins me in the studio. Antanas, welcome. Hello. Pleasure to be here. Thank you for inviting me here. In my opening remarks, I gave a basic definition of agrivoltaics, but I realize there's no standardized definition at EU level. Why not? There is no EU definition as such, because, for example, in France, the definition of agrivoltaic is already much more developed than that. It includes different elements also on the protection of crops, on the crop yields, etc. In Germany, there is not such a let's say, detailed definition. So the European definition could also limit the member states. It depends really on member states' national context, on member states' local specificities, local needs. What can work in one member state may not work in the another, depending on the landscape, the electricity grid available, on the weather conditions, on the amount of sun, uh, on the type of crops typically grown, For us, on the European level, the most important is that uh, agricultural activity can be continued following the installation of solar panels on the ground. Well, as you know, we like to talk to farmers in this podcast to get a genuine grassroots view. So Food for Europe travelled to France, a country which, as you mentioned, is something of a leader in this sector among EU member states. Let's hear our report and then discuss a bit later. From the small road which leads me to the farm of the Bougler family, it's impossible to miss the canopy of solar panels that unfolds like an elegant pergola above the three-hectare field. As we arrive on a beautiful autumn day, a huge tractor goes back and forth under this futuristic structure. And this is where Benoit Bougler joins us. 
Bonjour, bienvenue à Bruchy. Welcome to Bruchy in Picardy, where one of the first photovoltaic canopies was built, the second to be exact, and the first with an integrated irrigation system. It was in 2020, in the middle of the pandemic, that Benoit Bougler agreed to welcome the pilot project of a French solar power company on a tiny portion of his 450-hectare farm. But with one condition. We didn't just want to put up solar panels on the land, we wanted to keep producing. And today we realize that we can produce almost normally under this canopy. What's particular about these panels is that they're five meters high, which allows us to pass underneath with machines. So we cultivate underneath as we did before. Perhaps we should let the tractor pass by, no? So here we are, preparing for sowing wheat. We've pulverized bacteria to activate the soil, and in about a fortnight, we'll sow the wheat. The corn, sown in July under the canopy, was harvested just the day before, and we can still see some beautiful ears of corn standing forlornly in the field. Today, solar panels cover about 50% of the surface. They follow the movement of the sun, which means that the crops receive alternately shade and light five times a day. So there's a bit less light, but that's offset by the temperatures, which are more stable, a bit higher at night and a bit less during the day. I asked Benoit if he's seen a difference in yield between the crops under the canopy and those in the surrounding fields. The work was finished at the end of June, so it's a bit early to tell. Having said that, this is a nine-year program, so the crops that will be cultivated under the canopy will be done in the same way in the field next to the canopy, and that will enable us to precisely compare all the development data of the crops, so yields, speed of growth, to compare whether the canopy affects the crops. Benoit Bougler only had to invest his land and goodwill. Everything else was done by the solar power company. Today I've been compensated for the impact of the canopy. That means the surface on which the pillars of the structure rest. Afterwards, in return, a full irrigation system has been installed, which is controlled from my phone or from the office. So I've been able to save a lot of work with this irrigation system. And of course, it's always nice to be involved in innovative projects. Benoit has also seen the opinions of his neighboring farmers change over time. The first reaction, I think they thought to themselves, it's a UFO. It's true that it was ahead of its time two or three years ago, but for a year and a half with the growth in the price of energy, whether it's fossil fuels or electric, today this is a really serious subject for everyone. So both cooperatives and unions have looked a little at this system and everyone wants to be part of it. Before returning to Brussels, I questioned Benoit on the supervision of the sector. There's some regulation that shapes the development of the agrovoltaic sector because energy companies have much more financial clout than us farmers. But they shouldn't grab the land to produce energy at the expense of food. So we as farmers should take charge through the unions, developing regulations which protect us. The company that installed the photovoltaic canopy on the Bougler family farm is TSE, one of the main solar energy companies in France. Its plants generate the equivalent of the electricity consumption of 110,000 people. Cédric Cognier, head of the group's agricultural partnerships. Welcome to Food for Europe. Bonjour, merci de m'accueillir. To what extent has the agrivoltaic sector in France developed? 
So for us and for our competitors, in fact, we're all pretty much at the same stage. Everyone is trying to secure land, going to see farmers, going to landowners and saying, we're interested in your plots because they're well positioned, the right size, the right exposure, they're close to connection points for the power grid and so on. This means that a concrete ramping up on the ground will happen in the next 24 to 36 months. The need for photovoltaic energy production is immense. In France, 10 gigawatts per year of production will have to be installed in the coming years. Today, all the operators in the sector have collectively commissioned 1.5 gigawatts of capacity each year. Roughly 85% of this development will be done in agrivoltaics. So we can clearly see the size of the ambition. And in spite of everything, we estimate that when we've reached the objective set by the French energy planning law, overall we'll have covered 1% of French farmland and we'll have reached the end of the road. So we shouldn't imagine that all of France is going to be covered with panels. It will be in the order of 1%. You mentioned land. Isn't the interest of energy companies in arable land likely to drive up prices per hectare and make it even more difficult for young farmers from outside the agricultural world to set up? It's a real problem that we've identified. So let's put things in context. It will only affect a few plots, so it's hard to imagine that we're going to have widespread speculation on land prices. The farmer is not necessarily going to be opposed to his land increasing in value. As I see it, a young farmer who sets up an agrivoltaic project on their land can have a long-term fixed income, separate from the unpredictability of agricultural production, price fluctuations, yields and so on. That might reassure the banks. We're talking about a few hundred thousand euros per hectare, between two and four thousand euros for the farmer, compared to an agricultural income of hundreds of euros. We are the ones who invest. The farmer, on the other hand, doesn't have to pay even a euro to have an agrivoltaic installation on his farm, unless, of course, he wants to become an investor with us. It's a win-win situation for you and for farmers who own well-exposed plots. But what about the others? Isn't there a risk that solar energy will sow the seeds of new social tensions in the agricultural world? At the level of two or three French départements, we're going to reach between 100 and 150 farmers. TSE's strategy is a territorial strategy to find local partners, in particular agricultural cooperatives, but also industrialists. And the idea is to combine these structures with us to do joint developments and investments. Then it's up to those partners to make the income from these collective projects trickle down to all their members, regardless of if they have an installation directly at home. How is your sector regulated in France? So there's a law on the acceleration of renewable energy in France. But we're very impatiently waiting for the decrees, which will clarify the scope and the limits of this activity, and in particular, the level of service that we, the photovoltaic operators, will have to provide to farmers. Agronomic services, for example, related to animal welfare productivity, compensation for climatic effects, but also limitations in terms of land use. The various départements are working through their chambers of agriculture because it's clear that the challenges in the north and the south of France are not the same. 
And the idea is also to work on sharing value. Farmers are vigilant about this, and that's normal. So we need good rules of conduct. Thank you very much, Cédric Cognier from TSE. Merci. After exploring the development of agrivoltaics in France, we wanted to know more about what was happening on a European scale. Solar Power Europe is the professional association of the European photovoltaic industry, and joining me is one of its policy advisors on sustainable development, Lina Dubina. Welcome. Thank you for having me here today. Can you give me an overview of agrivoltaics in the European Union? So it really varies across the continent. So Germany, Spain, France, Italy, Netherlands, they're rather mature markets, whether we're looking at regulatory frameworks or PV projects have been rolled out. Our PV has already been initiated more than a decade ago in these markets. Austria or Croatia are just starting off with some new regulations, new initiatives that might help to roll out our PV deployment. And then we have countries that are still lagging behind, where there's no initiatives being developed at all, or no agri-PV projects have been rolled out on the ground. What types of agriculture in Europe are agrivoltaic solutions most suitable for? The agri-solar solutions are as diverse as the farming industry. Solar in general is a versatile technology that can adapt to farmers' need. And how can these solutions be of interest to European farmers in their daily work? Evidence points towards having an increase in crop yields. Agri-PV can actually provide not only continuity of agricultural production, but can in fact actually increase the production yield. And then we see in Europe today a huge impact coming from the climate change, whether it's adverse weather impacts like floods, trots, rainfall, dried up rivers. And this is where agri-PV again can be part of the solution because the PV shade can protect crops from these adverse uh, weather uh, events. Livestock use it up as a protection or a shelter. A lot of the evidence points towards also water efficiency, soil health. We had a visit uh, last year in a raspberry farm where they completely stopped using pesticides under the PV panels. What do you want to see from the European institutions? I think what would make sense is having an EU-wide policy framework that harmonizes the definition of what is agrivoltaics to provide support towards the standardization of agri-PV. In some of the countries, solar is being banned on agricultural lands because it doesn't recognize this dual use. Or in some cases, if you deploy agri-PV on agricultural lands, it changes the land classification to industrial side, which then impacts tax. What we miss, I think, is knowledge sharing, bridging this information gap between the two industries. And I think this is where exactly the European Commission could again be of support. Then looking at things, how do we enable different financial mechanism schemes? Because agri-PV is more costly and it does need this incentive to allow the deployment and rollout on the ground. So who would this funding be for? So it really depends on the business case. For, let's say, developers, for them, of course, to be able to deploy agri-PV projects, a specific incentive is still needed. If a farmer wants to own the PV system, again, he would need specific incentives. For the farmer, what is important 
is compatibility between the CAP subsidies with agri-PV systems, making sure that the farmer can, in fact, continue receiving the subsidies, so get the financial support, whilst also being able to generate the energy. Thank you very much, Lina Dubina. Uh, it's my pleasure, and again, thank you for having me. Now I'm back with Antanas Karbauskas from the European Commission's DG Agri. I'll start with the compatibility, or incompatibility, between agrivoltaics and cap subsidies raised by Lina Dubina. At what level, national or European, are the rules of the game being set in this area? European legislation governing cap strategic plans to farmers already provides all the possibilities for the land to be eligible. European frameworks allows it, and it is for member states then to decide which direction they want to go, how they want to support their the agricultural areas, agrophotovoltaic installations and so on within this European framework. For example, in Germany, the photovoltaic constructions can take up to 15% of land from the agricultural potential and agricultural subsidies is still being paid because agricultural activity is still there. When the constructions take more than 15% of the land, it's considered simple ground-mounted uh, PVs, and then the agricultural subsidies for this land, so income support, is no longer paid. So is it the best solution for Germany? Probably. Maybe for other countries it would be something different. What is the European Union's target for agrivoltaics? If I look at the European calculations, the Joint Research Centre report, which was produced this year, it said that uh, to achieve the European solar production objectives towards 2030, we have to dedicate more or less 0.7% of utilised agricultural area to agrophotovoltaics. The European target of solar production by 2030 is, I think, about 700 gigawatt. Nowadays, we have about 200 I believe that France is on a very good track here with this uh, 1% limit and this target is quite high compared to the European calculations that I see. Talking about France, Benoit Bougler, the farmer from Picardy whose farm we visited, sent you this message. Have a listen. Food is one of the most important parameters in the development of a nation. And today, if we can develop local energy, thus freeing ourselves from world oil prices, and continue to produce healthy and sustainable food under these panels, I think this is a point that must be strongly developed. And what's needed is that the primary use of the land remains the production of food. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I would say that I am absolutely agreeing with the farmer. One of the main objectives of the common agricultural policy is the production of healthy food, enough quantity of foods, and at the same time to reduce pollution, to be more environmentally friendly, to decrease oil dependency. Can we expect a stronger reference to agrivoltaics in the next cap? I believe this question will be on the table for sure. I believe personally that in one way or the other we will have more visibility for agrophotovoltaics in the new cap. If we assume further development in electricity technology, agricultural machinery, cooling facilities, etc., the potential will only increase. I imagine that in 2030 we will have a lot of photovoltaic projects in the countryside. And uh, yes, so I have quite an optimistic view in terms of the future. Thank you very much, Antanas Karbauskas. Thank you. It was very interesting to discuss with you.
So, if you see a canopy of solar panels rising from the ground above a wheat field, don't panic, it's not a UFO. Simply a sign of the agriculture of the future, and a farm that's liberating itself from dependence on fossil fuels thanks to renewable energies. That's it for the 37th episode of Food for Europe. Thanks to all my guests for their contribution to this podcast. Join us again for another edition in a couple of weeks when we look forward to your company once again. Organic farming is steadily increasing. That's good. Pour parler d'agriculture et d'Europe à la jeunesse. Der Klimawandel erfasst immer weitere Teile der Welt. Farmers help us bring nature back and preserve biodiversity. Ceux qui sont dans le rouge s'en sortent quand ils font plus vert. La qualité dans ce pays, elle doit être là pour tous. 